hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of We Watch Shudder. My name is JD. Who's here with me? It's Michelle. It's Michelle. It's always we Michelle. We watch stuff. We watch stuff. That's right. I already fucked it up right up front. Didn't even <laughs> name the episode right. Well, we, we are. Watch we watch stuff, Shutter. guys. We watch stuff. <laughs> and now I'm trying to live adjust my microphone volume while we're recording. Man, I'm we're just having a day for sure. So uh, yeah. uh, this is uh, uh, number two in our new monthly series, We Watch Stuff. Coming mm-hmm. to you talking about other horror and horror adjacent things we've watched throughout the past month that we feel are noteworthy for any kind of reason, be it positive or, you know, maybe uh, maybe negative. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, th- that's what we're here to do today. Uh, Michelle, we really need to figure out uh, a general structure for these because I feel like a fish out of water right now. You, How are we going to do this? I just, I love not having a structure, but I think that's because my notes about my movies are so structured that I am, I am good to go. Uh, All right. Uh, right. This is actually kind of encouraging to me as a horror fan, because I feel like in the month of August, I was incredibly busy and I could not even multitask watching movies. And it felt like I did not watch a lot of stuff, but I do every time now that I see something worthwhile, I go back and I add it to my notes for my recap. And despite feeling like I didn't watch a lot of movies I must have because the things that I noted that were uh potentially good to include on this episode there were nine things on there so I'm like if that's oh my stuff God. I watched that was noteworthy potentially you know at the end of the month I would go back um then like I must have watched a lot of stuff despite that so that's just it feels good I feel like maybe I didn't fall off the wagon as much as I would have despite starting September with 150 things on my list to watch it's not going to happen. That it's wasn't a, not that happen. wasn't a mistake or a joke, by the way, guys. One hundred and fifty. No. See, here's the thing that I have to say right away in response to that is Michelle mm-hmm. is like talking about how she thought she had kind of a light month and wound <laughs> up with uh, with nine things to talk about. Uh, I would also say I had a lighter month, but definitely not a significantly lighter month. And I only have six things to talk about, Michelle. <laughs> oh, well, I might not even have like, I might not choose to do all nine of these, but I just think it's funny that um, out of everything I watched, it's hilarious. It felt like I didn't watch very much. It's <laughs> I am going to try to do 150 movies in September, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't well, think I can do it. My my I mean, average is usually day. around a hundred. Yeah, which is pretty easy because I multitask. Well, and okay, it's super so easy for me to multitask. Well, and let's watch just movies, so. let's just stay on this yeah. topic as long as we're here. Uh, uh-huh. One hundred and fifty movies, thirty days, five movies a day. Perfect math. Yep. It is. Uh, well, it just became here where we are the fourth. So we're already three full. Have you watched fifteen movies already? Mm, potentially yeah i've already started september's list so it's possible uh here's also the problem is i did take a break 
starting in September from watching movies because I said, fuck it, I'm already behind. And I have watched two seasons of Legion in the last two days, which would be 16 episodes at an hour each. So I think like the equivalent and I still have watched movies in between episodes. So I think if I had put my effort into just movies, I could have done it. Okay, so, but you haven't done it. My question was, have you or no. have you not done no, so? No, I was trying to justify it. No, I probably haven't because <laughs> I got distracted by Aubrey Plaza being a beautiful, terrifying creature and Michelle, I had to watch Legion. You're already so behind. I why, am so behind. Why do, you, why do you put this pressure on yourself? Let's, let's get into the I, therapy portion. Why do you do this, Michelle? Because I was never good enough for my, my mother growing up, and so <laughs> now I feel like I have to make it up to myself despite not even having my mom in my life anymore. I still feel like I'm trying to live up to an expectation that I can never achieve. Um, and in this case, that goal I have set for myself is movies. <laughs> Shit, that got so. legitimately deep for just a minute. <laughs> I don't know that I was necessarily expecting that. That's uh, <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm kind of messed up. So um, we got movies I, to I talk about. Movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I know. I started last month off. Do you want to start with one of yours this month? Yeah. So interesting thing. Like I said, I didn't get to to watch a whole lot of stuff. Uh, outside, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I don't often, like, I definitely don't get the opportunity to see as much stuff as, as Michelle does, because she's a much better multitasker than I am, uh, but I have, uh, 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 six titles that I, I thought were noteworthy, and curiously enough, they all are things that I saw this month on Tubi. Uh, I, I, really? I, I, yeah, I huh. think some of you guys are familiar with Tubi. If you're not, Tubi is a a free ad supported streaming service. Uh, I will. Yeah, you need to be aware of that immediately. It is ad supported, so there are commercials inserted throughout the films as you watch but not them. Not bad ones, right? At all. Uh, yeah, there may be two Tubi or three. Is not super uh, the only thing really that's annoying about the commercials on Tubi is in a lot of these movies. They just happen, like, in the middle of scenes. Like, they're not timed out really well as to where they should be happening in the film. So that can be a little frustrating sometimes. But they do have a, frankly, insane volume of content. Uh, and I have, uh, I, I've been watching a lot of stuff over there, and I've found a, a lot of really interesting things. The first thing uh, I want to talk about is the uh, the one I have seen most recently, uh, because this is something that jumped out at me immediately just based on the cast alone. Uh, this is a movie called Villains uh, from back in 2019, and here's who's in Villains, starring Bill Skarsgård, uh, a.k.a. Pennywise from It and that dude from the beginning of Survivor. Or not Survivor, Barbarian. Where Barbarian. did I get Survivor? Good Lord. Uh, and then, also starring in this film, uh, Micah Monroe, uh, who we know from It Follows and uh, Chloe uh, Okuno's Watcher uh, uh, from my... Was that just last year? Man, I don't... I am terrible at telling time. Yeah. Anyway, then you also have Jeffrey Donovan, uh, who most people would know as the, the lead on Burn Notice for several seasons on television. 
And you got Kira Sedgwick, who if you don't know Kira Sedgwick, I don't know why you're even bothering to listen to this. Go do your research and then come back to me. But uh, this movie... I had never heard of it. I saw that cast. I was like, this has got to be worth looking into. And it's presented as a comedy horror film. The basic gist of the movie is uh, there's these people who have just uh, committed some petty robbery in the opening scene. uh, And their car runs out of gas while they're trying to make their escape. And it ends up being one of those things where they go to find a house to try and figure out how they're going to get themselves out of this predicament. And things go fucking haywire. Uh, And it definitely has comedy moments. There is some hilarious stuff in this movie. Uh, But it's also surprisingly uh, uh, poignant at times. Like, especially in the third act as you get towards the end of this and the buildup. Uh, it's, uh, it, it, it really became a, a little bit more emotional and, and, and significant than I think, uh, it's, uh, designation as a horror comedy really, uh, justifies, uh, with that cast, just stellar performances from all of them. There's also uh, a fifth cast member named Blake Baumgartner, uh, who plays a small child, uh, who also lives in this home. Bill Skarsgård and Maka Monroe are the criminals. Jeffrey Donovan, Kira Sedgwick are the people who own the home. Blake Baumgartner is, uh, the kid in the home and all sorts of madcap shit happens, right? I don't want to spoil any of it for you. Again, some of it is hilarious. Some of it's, uh, is, uh, really, really decently, uh, it's just really well written, really well performed. Uh, got some, some good violence in there, uh, when the time comes, some good gore, uh, uh, so like kind of slashery type things. Uh, but I really enjoyed this film. I can't believe I, I had never heard of it until now, especially considering the cast. Uh, but I strongly recommend if you haven't seen Villains, go, go check this movie out. This was, this was my highlight overall from all of these that I'm going to talk about today. Wow. Okay. I have also not seen villains, but uh, I can tell you Bill Skarsgård made me feel weird feelings towards Pennywise. So I will watch (laughs) anything that man is in now. I don't uh, know. Um, He's very creepy. And uh, he's a talented performer. I'm I'm into uh, it, though. For sure. So uh, uh, now it's your turn, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, I do have to say that since you said everything is uh, from Tubi for you, yeah. I felt pretty confident that one of the things on my list was going to be on your list. And now I feel 100% confident. So I'm definitely not. I'm saving that one till the end. I okay. feel 100% confident that one of my movies would be on your list. Okay. Uh, since you started with probably the best thing of August. I am going to start with the best thing of 2023 for me. Ooh. If you if you had asked me in December 2022, um, Michelle, what is the movie that's probably going to be your favorite from 2023? I would have had a list of possible contenders, obviously not having seen any of them. I never would have predicted this would be my favorite movie of the year so far. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. You know, I have heard a lot of surprisingly positive things about that film. Tell me your thoughts on it. I I still haven't had a chance to see it, uh, but the more things I hear, the more... Well, I'll tell you what's held me off when we get... Go ahead, talk about it. I'm sorry, (laughs) Michelle. 
No, that's okay. I I like hearing your thoughts on movies. That's why we do this. Um, I don't so like being an interrupter. <laughs> it's okay. I want, uh, I want knock, to knock. interrupt you to tell you I don't JD, like being an interrupter. Knock knock. Who's there? Knock knock. Interrupting cow. Moo! Moo! <laughs> ah, good time. This is my favorite joke. It's so good. Yeah, I love that one. Okay, so um, first off, wait, are you calling me fat, Michelle? Oh, no. Are you interrupting me? <laughs> yeah. No. Are you no, calling I'm me not. a cow? I'm also fat. Oh. You know what? There are way worse animals to be than uh, a cow. Cows go, have it great. Please tell me. I have about never been movie. standing in a field. Please. <laughs> I've never been standing in a field and somebody pointed at me happily and went, Michelle, but if you're a cow standing on the side of the road, you make everybody's road trip better. So cows are great. Um, okay, so the animation for Mutant Mayhem is something that we are starting to see a lot more of ever since Into the Spider-Verse, and I am loving it. This leans into it even heavier in that it deliberately tries to look hand-drawn. Like, things are kind of colored outside the lines on occasion. It's beautiful. Every single shot is great to look at. There's nothing that feels like a wasted scene. It's all beautiful. Um, the villains are well i guess i don't know if i'd call them villains but like the the uh what would you call like the antagonists of the film the the mutants themselves okay are such a fun group of people um you've got paul rudd uh you've got i think it was ice cube um seth rogan and yes he does the laugh um so they are fun obviously the turtles are great and seeing them as these fun teenagers um where they are really leaning into the teenager aspect instead of being adults with a weird crush on a lady from the live action movie i love that they leaned into we are adolescents in this weird world jackie chan as a uh, splinter is just beautiful loved it uh the music i immediately turned on the soundtrack after i left there was so much stuff that I wasn't expecting um, then we're not even talking about the story the story is so solid and has a great message and despite being kind of a I would say a family movie this felt like something that would be probably PG-13 or higher I could see littler kids getting very afraid this has a lot of good horrific uh not horrific but horror elements in the last part of it like it gets genuinely horror which i did not expect from an animated kind of family movie i have no complaints i it's very rare for me to find a movie that i have zero complaints about this is one of them i i can't think of anything that i disliked about it i was in, enamored from the very beginning to the very end yeah uh uh and and that's what i've been hearing is that it's it's surprisingly good i think the uh the the most important uh, review I uh, got from it uh, comes from our mutual friend Marlon Wells, who we both know uh, as an insanely uh, devoted Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan. Uh, he has a, a a developing upper arm sleeve tattoo that's all based around uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, and he uh, told me that it was fantastic. So I'm I'm definitely. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing, and, and it actually interestingly ties into something that you said uh, while you were doing your review of the film. You were talking about how, like, those antagonists, you're like these mutants and, and everything, but you didn't name a single one of their characters. You just named the people who voiced them. 
And yeah, because they add so much personality. Bebop and Rocksteady. Um, okay, my husband's also a very huge Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan. It is. It's his number one thing, that in Futurama. And he could tell you every single one and that they perfectly lived up to the characters. I only know Bebop and Rocksteady, and I sometimes know the other pair of cohorts. I'm terrible at their names. Like, Bebop and Rocksteady, those are weird words. How am I supposed to remember those? Be- and Rock, oh my God, well, Rorschach, I don't how, know. How I can't you re- remember them. How yeah. you remember Bebop and Rocksteady <laughs> is you be... Uh, a 10 to 12 year old boy in the late 80s and early 90s <laughs> and then you will <laughs> never forget Bebop and Rocksteady no I just yeah. I, I gotta be honest um, I miss that <laughs> uh, he's definitely been a part of some things I've liked but I am not the world's biggest fan of Seth Rogen uh, and I just I saw a couple of interviews of him talking about this movie and I'm just frankly almost had my fill uh, of Seth Rogen in a lot of ways. So I was kind of off-put by his involvement with the film, but I'm definitely, uh, like I said, with your thoughts and Marlon's thoughts, and I imagine John loved it as well, uh, mm-hmm. pretty much everybody, uh, even my cousin Wade, who's the most bitter fucking old man you know who just hates everything <laughs> new, uh, said it was a pretty a surprisingly decent film. So I am, uh, I'm definitely yeah. going to have to check that one out. Let me reassure you that despite me saying Seth Rogen's name, he is a very, very small part of the film. And this is nothing like fucking Sausage Party, which is one of the worst movies I've seen in my whole life. (laughs) So this is not a Seth Rogen film. I was so (laughs) surprised because when we went to see it, I don't think we went opening day. We went opening weekend, though, and they were still doing like those interviews with the cast ahead of time while you're like watching to get excited for the movie. And when I heard he produced it, I didn't even know that. And I was like, really? Seth Rogen was involved in this? And if I hadn't seen that beforehand interview, would have had no idea. It is nothing like a Seth Rogen film. Do not worry. It is actually good. Excellent. (laughs) Looking forward to finally checking that one out. Yes, you need to. So uh, what's your next one? Moving through... Uh, the 2B selections that I'm talking about here today. Uh, next one I want to talk about is, uh, this one is, is the oldest one on my list here. I do have uh, several coming up that were released this year. Uh, half and half, really. Three from this year and three from previous years. This is a Spanish film uh, that goes all the way back to 2012. Uh, it's uh, Its original Spanish title is... Uh, Joditos Cabrones and I don't know if you speak Spanish or not I know Michelle is learning Spanish but the English translation of Joditos Cabrones and the title under which you will find this film on Tubi is Fucking Bastards (laughs) which is uh, you told me yes I just added this to my list today if we had if things had worked out differently, I would have watched this before this episode today. It was next on my list. Yeah. Um, first of all, something I always love to point out when this is the case. Uh, this movie is only an hour long, 58 minutes. Uh, and I I did look immediately when I saw that running time uh, because there are a, a whole bunch of things from like full moon features on Tubi that you can watch. But they're weirdly edited with a lot of stuff taken out. So I was curious because this movie is... Frankly, real fucking violent, real fucking gory, not for everybody, even if you're a horror fan. Uh, but I, I was very curious if this had, for some reason, been edited down significantly. And no, this is just how long it always was. 
Uh, anyway, I gotta be honest with you guys. This movie is all in Spanish. It is subtitled. I didn't really follow the the plot or in in great detail. I, it's really easy to to catch the basics. Like there's uh, this guy and this woman. Uh, on a on a trip, uh, like uh, going through some mountains, and so again, <laughs> because this is such a horror trope that goes all the way back to fairy tales and folk tales, you know, they're off in the wilderness in the hinterlands, and they come upon this small town where they're ostensibly going to get some help, and shit goes haywire, uh, and uh, there's like a real weird like I. I think like a cannibal angle involved and also like a drug cartel and like this weird like mafioso family as if almost like the family from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre were more like Spanish mafiosos it's it's very weird uh it is also again uh very graphic uh there is uh, a scene uh, involving uh, a pregnant woman that does not end well for her or the pregnancy. Uh, so uh, and, and it's very violent and brutal. So please, not for everybody, but it's effective. At 58 minutes, it gets in and gets out. Uh, I it's certainly not the greatest thing I've ever seen, but definitely noteworthy. And again, I would really suggest you go check this one out. Awesome. I'm looking forward to checking that one out because you sent me a very quick paragraph synopsis of it. Oh. And I was like, yep, that well, sounds great. And, and knowing you especially as the kind of person who very like me in a lot of ways uh, is is weirdly drawn to like the most fucked up stuff that you can find. Like, yeah, mentally deranged. Yeah. Yep. When like when Got Michelle <laughs> when, when Michelle says to me and I assume it's similar in return when Michelle says to me. Oof, this one is rough. Like that, mm-hmm. you gotta understand that means something, guys. Uh, I've, yeah. Uh, and I, it's not like a, a bragging thing. I have just subjected myself to some pretty disgusting things. Uh, yeah. And and yeah. like, but yeah, this was. Uh, it didn't do anything that put me off from it. The thing with the pregnancy came real close. Uh, mm-hmm. but it, it's, uh, it, I, yeah, I, I definitely, uh, I don't know if I would ever go back and watch it again, but I, I enjoyed watching it the one time. Sweet. Looking forward to watching it probably tomorrow. And oh, one thing I, I almost forgot to mention about this movie. Uh, the, the director of the film, uh, his name is Manolito Motosierra and, uh, he's done a, a variety of things. He did a movie called the Corpse Grinders three, which I believe is a trauma film, uh, but, uh, while I was Googling around to try and find information about this fella and other things he may have done, I discovered that I don't know if, like, I'm pretty sure Motosierra translates directly to chainsaw. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, this guy, that's not even necessarily his real name. This is just some crazy dude who's like, I'm, I'm, I'm. Davy Chainsaw, and I, was, I just, I don't know, I thought it was fantastic. It's at least a it. brand of chainsaws, but I think it it's a literal translation. Yeah, Spanish to English, Motosierra, Chainsaw. This Johnny Chainsaw mm, that's such here. such a cool last name. <laughs> Manolito Motosierra. 
That's fabulous. Want to be Chainsaw? Michelle Chainsaw it sounds so good. I, I think you can just choose to be Michelle Chainsaw. I mean, oh, the I law have changed won't... my name once. I'm never doing it again. <laughs> I'm still dealing with hey, my name ruining things. That's what you get for later. getting married, Michelle. Let's just leave it. I at know that. the thing is my my maiden name. I hate that phrase, but my former name was so boring. And Roller is just like a really cool last name. <laughs> that's the only reason I changed it. It was an upgrade. So next time, chainsaw. Go on chainsaw. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh. So next up on my list, I actually got to see this today. It was high on my list of things that I wanted to see, and I missed it when it was in the theater, but it played at the Fargo Theater, and my friend Jenna and John and I all went, and we saw Talk to Me, and Talk to Me is a five-skull movie. I know you don't feel that way. I absolutely feel that way. I loved it. It was a very A24 film, and I'm all about that shit. Talk to me, so fun, so fun. I yeah, I uh, I believe I talked about that last month. Uh, I don't need to, to rehash it, but you're right. It didn't uh, it didn't work for me the way it clearly worked for you. Uh, but uh, why don't you tell us? Uh, since I spent some time last month talking about why it didn't work for me, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you really enjoyed about it? I don't think this movie would have been good if they had cast different people. These are people who had to portray so many different characters in really extreme ways and in a very, I would say, short amount of time. It's very hard to switch to a character, be that character, switch back to yourself. And the whole premise of this movie relies on doing that. And these are younger actors and actresses, and they nailed it. They did such a good job. Um, it is definitely more, we'll say, light body horror than I expected. There's definitely a lot more violence than I thought there would be. Um, that was un... Uh, I wasn't expecting that at all. I was happy that it happened because I was like, oh, we're going there with kids. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Um, and then the actual story that I tried to tell, I thought it, it really brought me in and I was fascinated and I could not tell where we were going to go with this. And I thought as a mainstream theatrical release, it was going to do a couple things and then wrap up in a way that like put a bow on top and everything was fine because that tends to be how those types of horror movies play out. It didn't. The The ending went completely different um, in a, a new route and it uh, ended in, I think, the perfect way I assumed I was going to be unhappy with the ending as I am with so many horror movies and I was especially happy that this one did not disappoint me and uh, I had already liked the movie up to that and the fact that it's good from start to finish is rare in horror and I was happy about it. <laughs> well there you go. Michelle loved it. I didn't care. Like, I didn't hate it. I don't think it just didn't really sink in for me but that's okay. I loved it. All right. So uh, uh, my next title, uh, wrapping up my three older titles uh, from uh, from this month uh, on Tubi, is a uh, actually, uh, funnily enough, it's an anthology film from 2018, uh, which you guys know I, I'm not always the biggest fan of anthology films, but especially uh, getting more into them as we've watched some really quality work uh, here on, on Shutter and things. This is a movie from 2018 called Blood Clots. 
Uh, and it's a collection Don't of seven uh, short films, uh, all uh, produced by the same company. Again, a variety of directors, a variety of, of, of writers, uh, but all sort of produced under the same banner. Uh, and uh, uh, just a real solid collection, I felt, uh, of shorts. Uh, it's not a, a an anthology with any kind of framing story. There's just a title card that tells you, hey, these are all selected films from this production house library. Uh, and then each one has a card that comes up before it, like the first one is Clot 1 and the second one is Clot 2. There's a variety of different things uh, in these shorts. My very favorite one uh, is the last uh, film and also I believe the longest uh, in the, the anthology. Uh, it's called uh, The Call of Charlie, uh, which is... Uh, I, I almost don't even want to tell you what it's a play on, but if you're horror familiar, you're, there are probably certain things you think of right away when you hear me say The Call of Charlie. And it, yeah, it's probably exactly what you're thinking. Uh, but there's some awesome practical effects in this. It's a real, real weird spin uh, on on the uh, the vibe uh, where that uh, where that it's referencing. Uh, just a fascinating uh, piece of work. There's just uh, it was a really solid selection of really really weird uh, sort of body horror and and gory messy. Uh, a lot of again a lot of practical effects. Um, there's a there's a zombie sort of gimmick in one of these. Uh, there's one called Hellyfish, which is a play on jellyfish. That is super funny. Uh, I just really enjoyed it as a collection of shorts, uh, and that's not all often the case. And so I'm glad that uh, I saw this one. And I think if you, especially if you enjoy anthologies, you probably really enjoy this one too. Never heard of it. Added it to my list. Michelle, that's three down, and I only have three to go. You're running out of opportunities for one of these titles to be the one that you think it is. I know, but I'm still. I don't know. Now I am kind of questioning it because it was not released this year, but I don't know if maybe it didn't stream until this year. Okay. So okay. I'll be curious to see if it's on there. So it, it'll be a backup. Um, so my next film, um, the film itself was good. It was not great, but it did spark my love of a particular actor. Um, and then I went down a rabbit hole. Uh, so Bones and All from 2022 Ooh. was in, it's a good movie. It's not great, but I am a huge Timothy Chalamet fan accidentally. Um, following this movie, I started getting uh, recommendations on social media because of the way the algorithm works to watch some Timothy Chalamet interviews. And everything <laughs> I know about him has been Call Me By Your Name, which is a sad romantic movie, Beautiful Boy, which broke my fucking heart, uh, Little Women, which is a drama and not really my thing, uh, Dune, which is a science fiction thing and not really my thing don't look up uh breaks away from that a little bit bones and all we're back to weird romantic intergalactic great didn't even realize he was in that originally and then we've got wonka coming up uh very soon so this was all i knew about this man um was based on 
his filmography and there's more on the list but that's what I knew him from and all of those are sad characters I don't know if I've ever seen him smile before and then I started getting these interviews and I went down a rabbit hole of what his life was like and he is a delightful weirdo I'm completely on board with him being Wonka now after seeing who he is as a person and maybe he's just a very good actor who's very good at being a weirdo in interviews but he is legitimately just like this almost shy very well-spoken like kid he's very young um and he just he tickled my fancy you know he seems like just a fun likable guy and uh now I'm really excited to see more like one of the interview questions somebody I can't remember what movie it was for but they're like wow this is kind of against the norm he's like yeah because I play boring characters or something like that and I was like man I love you you are so just He's a weird, quirky kid who acknowledges that he is good at acting. And they asked him what else he would do if he couldn't act. And he went, I don't know. I'm not good at anything else. And I just enjoy that. He's not cocky at all. He smiles a lot in interviews. And I just I think he's delightful. Um, so after Bones and All, I accidentally went down a Timothy Chalamet rabbit hole and found out he's not boring and stoic like all his movies would have me believe that he is and I I can't wait to see him as Willy Wonka now obviously we cannot compare him to Gene Wilder I feel like Wonka is similar to the Joker where each person will bring their own thing to it we cannot compare all the Jokers of the Batman series they're all going to be completely different uh I'm looking forward to Chalamet Wonka I uh I don't like Timothy Chalamet well I I love him enough for both of us I don't like Timothy He's Chalamet. He's a weirdo. Because I have seen one too many fucking clips lately of Timothy <laughs> Chalamet giving Zendaya some inappropriate looks. So that's my boy Tom Holland's girl. <laughs> and fuck that guy. Don't you be getting... How do you know they're not polyamorous? Don't you... How do you know? Don't you be getting... Bet- okay, fine. Way to ruin everything, Michelle. And hit, Zendaya hit, is beautiful. Me, she can hit, have all the men, me the women. Also, he has that wants. just impossibly square fucking jaw, and just yeah. like, like jutting he is cheekbones. A well-made human. No, the man needs to eat a sandwich. <gasps> How dare you! <laughs> I will make the sandwich. That was that so Timothy rude. Chalamet oh my god! I also um I I'm love the, kind the fact of person that he is... who says you should never say things like that. I'm sorry, Timothy uh, Chalamet. <laughs> I do like that he is a a young adult man and I feel nothing like no attraction to him. I feel like he's a cool little brother and I love that. Like that's a celebrity that they're not trying to make me feel a sexual attraction to. I'm just like, oh man, this little goofball. I hope nobody picks on you at college. I'll come beat him up. Don't you worry, Timothy Chalamet, with your double citizenship in both America and France and he's fluent in French and he does an interview where he says very kind things about Zendaya in French and it's just very sweet and she doesn't know that he's just talking her up as a fantastic human being. And yeah, I'm okay with him giving those looks at Zendaya <laughs> if she's okay I with was, it and Tom Holland's okay with it. I was just trying to make a ridiculous joke about me being aware of weird pop culture. I tell you what, here's what I do want to see at some point. Uh, I want to see Timothy Chalamet and that Mike Faced guy from Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Who also okay. has an impossibly square jaw and cutting cheekbones. 
Mm-hmm. And I want to see them in some sort kiss. of goofy ass kiss. square jaw jutting cheekbones uh, competition movie where like maybe they're, I don't know. Kissing. I don't know where bunch. I'm going with this, but. <laughs> you want to see him kiss? <laughs> no, I just, they. <laughs> square jaws terrify me. That's not, that's oh, not a person. Okay. That's not like, <laughs> people don't have jaws that like, have you ever seen a skeleton? They don't look like that. Skeletons don't look like Timothy Chalamet, is I'm what you're saying? being so weird right now. <laughs> we should probably get past well, this. No. Uh, ultimately, yeah, no, I haven't fine. seen Bones and All because uh, I, uh, I, I, the only Luca Guadagno uh, film that I have seen other is uh, his reimagining of Dario Argento's Suspiria. Uh, and I'm not the biggest mm. fan of that movie. And I just never got around to seeing anything else. And... Uh, I, uh, yeah. I don't know I'm that it's the kind of thing person, I would be super into. Yeah, it, it's not really my flavor either, but I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, I It's one of those where I'm like, I don't really like this genre, so I'm not surprised that this isn't great to me. But I can understand people who like that genre and like romantic bullshit uh, <laughs> and how they would enjoy it Fair so enough. yeah it, it was it was good it wasn't uh it wasn't particularly my thing but i have no complaints about it it's just i don't like romance oh god i don't damn like it. love i like murder mike faced is also one of the dudes in that fucking weird tennis movie with zendaya I'm All these dudes with square I'm jaws going after Peter Parker's girl. This is just this. Tom Holland's cool with it. This will not. Tom stand. Holland also has a square jaw. <laughs> it's just all square jaw, men. <laughs> okay, your next movie. Yes, uh, get off to so, talk about jaws. <laughs> uh, it's, <laughs> Unless um, it's about sharks. If you have a shark movie on your list, that would be hilarious I do timing. Not. <laughs> uh, so moving into the movies uh, with uh, releases this year that uh, I want to talk about. Again, all of these available right now on Tubi. A couple of these uh, are I, I don't even again similar to you I they're, they're not my favorite movies I think they're they're definitely far from perfect uh, but they have some great ideas and interesting things going on uh, the one I want to talk about first uh, is a, a movie called the park now this isn't really so much horror oriented I would definitely call it horror adjacent oriented uh, what oriented <laughs> You did not Which just could say. have a, it could have a second meaning, and I'm okay with it, except for in the case of the park, which I think has kids. So never mind. Yeah. That will be horror oriented. <laughs> yeah, um, everything else will be oriented. Yeah, the the horror adjacency here, I, I, and what I find it an interesting spin on, is, uh, this is like a post apocalyptic, uh, virus situation, uh, where, uh, but what it is is uh, this virus has killed off uh, all of the Earth's adults. Like when a person reaches a certain age, for whatever reason, they become vulnerable uh, to this virus and they die. Uh, and so the movie is, again, it's this post-apocalyptic thing, but it's all involving kids. Uh, and it does all the kinds of things that, these sorts of movies uh, do. Like, there are a lot of tropes here. Lots of flashbacks to the time before everything went crazy. Uh, lots of character building about the, the main uh, uh, group of kids that, that lead the movie. 
you know, teaching us some things about it. But there's also some real spooky stuff here. The gist of the movie is these kids all form kind of rival gangs or groups. Uh, and not even really rivals. They're just little groups who occasionally conflict because they're all just trying to survive. And it's all centered around this amusement park that they find. And they're sort of battling over control of it. But also uh, there's a lot of stuff going on about just what it represents from the world before everything got ruined. Uh, And it just, uh, it was surprisingly uh, well done. And I thought an interesting play on uh, on that kind of idea where all of these characters are children. Uh, you know, it seems like between anywhere from the ages of like 8 to 14. I, I don't remember if they ever say specifically what the the target age of problem is. I'm, they very likely do, and I just missed it. No, I thought all the kids, that all the, the, the younger actors involved here were all really solid. Uh, where I feel like it does go wrong in some ways is... There are moments where it feels like this movie was written for adult characters and then somebody just suggested the gimmick of yeah but what if it like what if they were all kids you know some of the dialogue it just I don't know it does it doesn't ring authentic for younger people for some reason to me yeah uh, like when and, they're and talking about taxes and social security <laughs> and how it's gonna dwindle by the time that they're old enough to use right. it oh yeah I thought yeah, that was weird for sure <laughs> <laughs> but uh and, and again not a perfect film uh uh it only clocks in at 78 minutes so that's always nice uh, but uh, uh, I, I feel like it was worth seeing and I, I strongly encourage people uh, especially if you're into uh, post-apocalyptic virus uh, sort of uh, sci-fi horror things. Uh, there are definitely some some more thrillery, tense, spooky moments that go on here, especially in some of the nighttime conflicts between some of the uh, some of the gangs of kids. Uh, but it was, uh, it was a really enjoyable film. Hmm. Uh, two thoughts. First off, I'm glad that you told me you enjoyed it because as I had told you when we talked about this before doing this episode, I had seen it, didn't have a great score on IMDb and just pushed it down further on my list. Um, but because of you, I have added it to the 150 that I have to watch in September. So thanks for that, I guess. Um, but I will be checking it out. Uh, secondly, I listened to your synopsis as well as I could, but I did have a hard time because you said at the beginning that at a certain point they reach an age and then they're susceptible to this thing. And I immediately got memories of baby geniuses in my head the 1999 movie because in that you're a baby genius until you become a certain age and then they're watching their friend who previously was speaking to them very eloquently and now they're speaking in baby talk at like two years old and they're like oh no they're no longer a baby genius now they speak like a baby and all I have in my head I was I was completely listening to you but in the back of my head I was thinking of baby geniuses from 1999 it's crazy how many similar the park has to 1999's baby geniuses that movie starred christopher lloyd how did he wind up in that how did he do that christopher uh, lloyd i, I imagine it had doing? something to do with the paycheck they offered him yeah good job christopher lloyd get that baby <laughs> geniuses cash <laughs> uh i have okay. uh, i have never seen baby geniuses i had no idea that's what it was oh. about Oh man, you got to see Baby Geniuses, especially because no, I, sure I, I spoiled the ending. Now, yeah, my 
little siblings loved baby geniuses so i've seen it way too much uh for the same reason that i know all the dora the explorer songs and the blues clues songs right up with their baby geniuses also all the wiggles songs when i got my wisdom teeth out i watched the wiggles and i just started crying because nobody understood their artistic genius as well as i did so highly recommend whatever drugs you get after wisdom teeth surgery (laughs) well onward all right with my wisdom teeth surgery oh man i could do a good segue are we going to no we're gonna half-ass it i watched one of the movies you told me about a very long time ago and i finally crossed it off my list dr giggles oh god (laughs) i watched dr giggles in august and you know uh, for those who have not seen Dr. Giggles from 1992, first off, it came out seven years before Baby Geniuses. So I feel like it really paved the road for what that movie needed done to have the world truly appreciate it. Um, but Dr. Giggles is about a man who does constant puns and then <laughs> unlicensed surgery on unwilling people. And the entire thing is him speaking in puns. And every time I laughed at a pun, I got a little bit angrier because I didn't feel such a personal attack like this until I realized that you told me to watch this because like if you were a serial killer, this is what you'd be. That's essentially the message you gave me. And I agree. I hate it because I'm like, man, I've never had a a feeling of like, huh, if I if I was a serial killer, I would be this one until I saw Dr. Giggles. And now I know exactly what I would do. Just constant puns and unlicensed surgery on unwilling victims but not like a lot i wouldn't kill them because i would feel bad i would just be like i'm gonna draw your blood and i'd come up with some pun for it and do like the little prick on the finger and i'd be like sorry i don't want to kill you but has slightly inconvenienced now you have a band-aid on your pointer finger and you're not going to be able to use the touch screen on your phone for a while blah i'm dr giggles and then i'd run away into the night um, and I feel like I'd evade a lot of law enforcement um, that way because they wouldn't they have bigger fish to fry. Um, but yeah, Dr. Giggles, that was a delight. <laughs> I want to be Dr. Giggles when I grow up. Dr. Giggles is one of those movies th- that you either love or hate. Uh, and God. it's so oh, ridiculous. Man. But a lot. I'm, I, I I'm forgot. So glad um, you finally got around to seeing it. <laughs> I forgot what the exact line is, but right at the beginning where he like touches the girl with the hand and she turns around, she finds out it's the other person's hand that he's cut off. This is right at the beginning of the film. I promise I'm not spoiling 1992's Dr. Giggles so much that you can't enjoy it. But he says something like he should have kept his hands to himself. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to love this. I'm going to love this so much. So thank you. But also fuck you because you told me what kind of serial killer I would be. And it's Dr. Giggles. You're welcome. I figured you needed a little yeah. bit of uh, uh, of warning, a little advance notice. It's just what the doctor ordered. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it begins. Oh, Dr. Jesus. Giggles. Anyway, guys, okay. uh, so yeah. I have two titles left that I was interested in talking about. Uh, and I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. The next one, uh, similar to The Park, is a movie that when I watched it, I thought was not perfect. Uh, it definitely... Um, the movie that I'm talking about here today that I feel has the most issues and the, the most drawbacks uh, in some ways. Uh, but it's a movie from, uh, uh, again, on Tubi, released 2023. It's called Resurrected. Uh, and Resurrected is, well, let me just read to you uh, from Tubi the brief synopsis on what Resurrected is about. 
Resurrected says, uh, wait, hang on. Hang on. There it is. Uh, In a world where the Catholic Church has found the key to resurrection, a gift they only bestow on sinless believers, a priest uncovers an awful secret. Uh, and this is, yeah, that's sort of what this movie is about. Apparently, the uh, the Catholic Church uh, uh, supposedly figures out a way uh, to bring people back to life uh, when they die. Uh, the movie opens with a really effective uh, car accident sequence in which a child dies and then the child is brought back by this and it completely changes the world right the opening of the movie the prologue is this kid dying and then they get contacted by the church and they do this whole resurrection thing and then the movie fast forwards several years and now we're living in the aftermath of a world where the catholic church has the power to bring dead people back to life and they use that to enforce a morality code uh on the world uh, to the extent where certain things you do certain things or, or you have certain things against you you're not eligible for resurrection uh, when you die and what I want to be honest about is I don't remember exactly a lot about the details of this movie I just remember thinking it had some really unique spins again on uh, the dead coming back to life and uh uh, the, uh, uh, again, the, the moral, uh, a, a lot of philosophical ideas that I feel like, like this is almost a movie that I feel like somebody should have taken another one or two drafts on, uh, and, it, and, and, or maybe a movie that could be remade somewhere down the line in a similar way to like Last Shift being remade into Malum, uh, where with a, a little further development, there could there could be something really significant here. Again, I I don't uh, I can't say that it's a, a great movie. It's okay. I just thought it had some interesting ideas. Uh, it was it's also very clearly uh, at least it seems uh, a a movie uh, that was filmed in the pandemic. Uh, it's a lot of people talking to each other on Zoom and other things. Uh, but, uh, no, really enjoyed it. Thought it had some effective scary bits uh, and so, uh, a lot of interesting religious commentary. And I think you might enjoy it. Going to check it out. Also, currently working on my fanfic for the resurrected Dr. Giggles crossover where a doctor serial killer kills people brings them back to life, kills them again. Double the puns. What have I done? <laughs> what have I done? You've me a reason to live. <laughs> what have I done, Michelle? Uh, you've made the world a better place. I've given you a reason to kill, apparently. <laughs> but I'll bring them back. It'll be fine. See, it's <sighs> great. Is it really murder if they come back and you're the person who brings them back? That's fair, I suppose. Yeah. I hope that's an answer that they have in Resurrected. Um, okay, I, I have one more thing on my list that uh, since you have six, I will talk about this one. The rest are kind of like, nah, they were just kind of on here in case I, I didn't have more to talk about. Well, so remember, we I went first, so you've got this one and one more. 
God damn it. Okay. Well, uh, we'll close out with this one because I, I'm still holding out hope that the last one on your list will be this next one. Um, but okay. Rewatched Batman, June 23rd, 1989 release starring Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson and Kim Basinger. I haven't seen it in a very, very long time. Um, that is the day that I was born. Uh, Batman and myself were released on the same day into the world. Uh, one of us had a bigger impact than the other. Sorry, Batman. Um, I know you tried your hardest, but I am clearly the more important pop culture icon. Um, I watched this movie a lot growing up because obviously I was destined to be a Bat fan. Um, and I don't think I've seen it in at least 10 years. And I did not remember so much of this movie. There are musical sequences. There is a parade with uh, Prince's music playing. And there's a whole thing where I forget the song now, but they're playing a song and trashing a gallery. Also, Jack Nicholson's... Uh, uh, prosthetics like I could not stop looking at them especially now because it's in higher quality than it was watching it standard definition growing up just the way that it's adhered on his face and I was like how did you make your face look like that I was so fascinated just watching him uh, there will be a TikTok that I am putting out about the Kim Basinger trying to seduce Joker thing um, I had a very funny idea other people are not going to find it funny this is how my brain works I think something is very funny so I have to put it out into the world um, but I will be making a TikTok and I will be laughing at my own TikTok. So if you want to see our second TikTok, no, third TikTok video, Ooh. check that out soon. Um, I, I've started working on them. I drank wine earlier. I'm fine now, but I, I did drink a lot of wine earlier. And then I did go a little crazy on, on TikTok videos. So there will be some stuff coming soon. Whether it's good or not, who knows? I'll drink more wine and then I'll think they're good. But um, yeah, Batman 1989. Yeah, that's a pretty good movie. If you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend it. <laughs> it's a good movie. I, uh, Not as good as I think it's uh, Batman and Robin is the one with all the puns. And also Robin is fine as hell. Um, so Batman and Robin is better. But Batman's 1989 uh, release, it's, it's fine. <laughs> Michelle. Oh, fuck. It's Batman Forever. It's not Batman and Robin. It's Batman Forever. I should Michelle. know this. Yeah. I realize Batman. we've had some moments mm -hmm. in the course of this show yep. where you have said some things. Oh, no. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> oh, no. The what did I, I say and not realize? Why do we record these? The idea uh -huh. that Batman and Robin uh -huh. or Batman Forever, for that uh -huh. matter... Yeah. Is a better film than Tim is Burton's an 1989 fact? masterpiece, yeah. Batman. Yeah, but have you seen Jim Carrey? I, I, I love you, my friend, but that might be the dumbest thing you've said on this podcast. But, <laughs> but hear me out. Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Hang on, let me tell you this cast. Because, okay, Michael Keaton's fine. Jack Nicholson's fine. Although I did learn some very... Uh, concerning things about who he is as a person, I recommend you Google and form your own opinions, but apparently he has some stuff that I think more people should know about going on out there. Um, but listen to this cast from Batman Forever. Val Kilmer is Batman? 
That's a great choice. Michael Keaton's probably better, maybe, potentially. But that's still an A-OK choice. But then we got Tommy Lee Jones, yeah, just keep Jim Carrey, Nicole Kidman, Drew Barrymore. Come on. I didn't even have to mention anybody outside Jim Carrey. And you would have been like, wow, that's pretty good. I really like that person. But also Chris O'Donnell as Robin slash Dick Grayson. Mm-hmm. I could get me some Robin. I've seen how birds fuck, and you know what? I'd be okay with it if it's Chris what O'Donnell. What the fuck? Where did <laughs> that come good. from? Because I've he's seen, a Robin. He's a I've Robin. I've seen how birds fuck <laughs> will somehow make its way into the brief description <laughs> of this episode. Oh, no. When it drops. Batman Robin only has a 3.8, and that's really disappointing. And that's the one with, I think, Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's also the one with George Clooney as Batman. See? Where so the Batman suit has and nipples. And that one's Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Oh, man. Bring back nipple Batman. That's what the next Batman movie needs. Next, Robert uh, Patterson. Patterson. Which one's the evangelist and which one's the vampire? Um, the, the one who's Batman. He needs a nipple suit. That's That's why it didn't do as well at the box office. We need those nipples back. Anyway, what's your last movie, JD? We, we might not be able to finish this episode, Michelle. This might <laughs> this might be the end. As I promised, the wine is out of my system now. This is just who I am. Oh, holy shit. We're pushing up against an hour, Michelle. Did you realize I know. That? That's, That's why you got... Yeah, I gotta you got to get through one this. More and, and then this is going to be real easy, yeah. actually, because this is a movie that I, I'm, I'm honestly just going to mention... And then you just need to go see it. I'm going to say a couple of things about it first, and then I'm going to tell you what it is. This is a movie that I just happened to stumble upon a, uh, a promoted ad in my Facebook feed one day. Uh, and I was like, what the fuck is this? And so I went and I read the description and I was like, all right, I got to know what this is. Uh, and, uh, it's definitely not a horror film. This, uh, I don't even know if you could call it horror adjacent, uh, but it is hilarious in the trash cinema. It's definitely a comedy and you need to understand that. Like this is, this is the kind of low budget trash cinema that knows 100% every bit of what its limitations are. And instead of trying to work around them, it just leans the fuck into them. There is some background green screen work in this movie that is just hilariously bad, but doesn't even try to not be hilariously bad. There are wild twists, especially in the third act of this movie, that are just like, oh, what? It's this kind of movie now? Okay. Uh, anyway, I, I don't even really want to say a whole lot about it. I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm going to read the two-line description from Tubi, and then I need you guys to just... This is not going to be for everybody, but I need everybody to see it, because if it is for you, holy shit, I laughed so much at this movie. It's so ridiculous. This movie is called... Michelle, do you want to hazard a guess what this movie is called? No, because I'll be sad if I'm wrong, and at this point, it's a 50-50 chance. This movie is called Baby Cat. Okay, nope, not the one I thought. I don't know what this movie is at all. What did you think it was going to be? 
Chompy and the Girls. Oh, Chompy and the Girls! I talked about last month. Hilarious! I talked about that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's fabulous. Oh yeah, you talked about it on the show. I forget when we record and when we just (laughs) talk as human beings. No, that's okay. Okay, yeah, Chompy and the Girls was the next one on my list. It's great. I I also liked it. So I guess what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna read this description. And then I might have one. I'm, I'm still trying to decide if I even want to make the one comment about it. This movie is called Baby Cat. And this is the description. When Dana moves into her new apartment, she falls in love with the building's cat, who happens to be a grown woman in a costume. Y'all, that's all I'm going to tell you. And I'm just going to need you to trust me. And also understand when I say I'm going to need you to trust me, I mean most of you are going to hate this. Some of you are going to fucking love this like I did. This movie is ridiculous on so many levels. Uh, It also has a fantastic... Uh, LGBTQ uh, positive cast. Very uh, is a lot of good things about the production of this movie that I thought were super cool. Uh, but this, <laughs> she moves into her new apartment. She falls in love with the building's cat, who happens to be a grown woman in a costume. That's baby cat. I'm sold. I'll watch it free on TV. I can I can devote zero dollars to that. I'm fine with that. The and I, I guess I will say one thing for those of you who maybe aren't quite sold. The cat is a grown woman in a costume, and everybody knows, recognizes, and acknowledges that it's a grown woman in a cat costume. It's not a gimmick where it's actually supposed to be a cat, but it's some weird experimental film thing where the cat is played by a person. Everybody knows it's just a woman wearing a cat costume. And they all treat her as the building's cat. As long as she shits in a box, I'm on board. Well, go watch Cause I'm this, going to. and again, let me, let me tell you, when you get to that third act, and you get the big twist, holy shit! Like, it's like, what? It's this now? What the fuck? It's it's so ridiculous, right? It just adds layers and layers of sheer absurdity. This is glorious modern trash cinema, and I loved it. Okay, I will watch it. I will watch Baby Cat. Um, my last thing, because we're so over time, uh, I will just say that uh, every month I try to watch at least one classic movie, and I chose Pie by Darren Aronofsky this, this month. And I know how much you like Darren Aronofsky, so I knew that you are going to be excited to hear that. Um, but Pie, man, it's not as good as real pie, you know? Like P-I-E, not as delicious. Um, but I see why people like it. I'm a Darren Aronofsky fangirl. There's some things I can't forgive him for. Uh, this one was fine. <laughs> what do I have to I say can't about forgive him for either? Like Black Swan yeah. and Mother. And Whoa! The hold up, Black Swan and Mother, great. And, Noah. and the wrestler's great. And the Fountain. 
In the fountain I can't forgive him for. Uh, currently, I'm mad at him about the whale, and we don't have to get into it right now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's, he's uh, sometimes pretentious, but you know what? Pie was fine. He's, he's I don't have sometimes to add. pretentious? <laughs> oh, Michelle, that's generous. I know. I, I'm very generous. I have nothing to add to Darren Aronofsky's pie from 1998 that has not been broken down more eloquently by somebody in an article somewhere. I just had to include it on my list because I know how much you like Darren Aronofsky and we're going to be so happy that I gave him more views. The only thing I like about that movie, I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it. God damn it. There's Can that you say thing. like the ending? There's the thing that guy does to himself at the end of the movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. awesome. See? Great movie. I like the sound design of it, truly, but we don't have to get into it. <laughs> also, wow, it's so edgy that it was black and white, even though it was 1998. <laughs> That's so cool. It's just right? genius. Okay. He was, well, he, he was at least at that time, uh, not necessarily the very first, uh, but he was one of the first people to get some notoriety for using uh, a reverse first-person perspective camera. That camera that sort of follows the guy around while he's walking, but you're seeing his face rather than seeing what he's seeing. Uh, he got a lot of noteworthy or a lot of note notice for that. But I used to. Here's the thing: is I used to be a big fan of Darren Aronofsky, and then uh, I got a little older and I woke up to his bullshit. Uh, and now I can't really handle the guy, but. Anyway, Michelle. I feel like I would be I would be a bigger fan if he just went for it and changed his name to Darinovsky. Yeah. Darinovsky like would be I, Darinovsky would be so much prob- better. Also, I truly do love Requiem for a Dream. I cried for 15 minutes after watching that movie um because I have issues from my childhood that it really brought up. Uh oh, sure. that was one of the movies that um I had to like exposure therapy oh, myself. I had to watch a scene over and over and over again until it didn't bother me I, anymore. Uh, um, so thank you, Darren Aronofsky, for that trauma. <laughs> I just had this Ooh. terrible moment in my brain where I was thinking oh, about no. all the different things that happen in Requiem for a Dream, and you start talking <laughs> about bad <laughs> experiences you had in your childhood, uh, and I had some oh, yeah. really terrible thoughts, and that needs to go away immediately. I, mean, I need to stop thinking about it. <laughs> Certain um, things in that movie should not be associated with children, Michelle, and you made me do that. It's your fault. Anyway, yeah, that part is not the part that I'm talking about. So don't worry. I was not Jennifer Connelly. If that's what you had in mind. No, not you were, until I got to my 30s. Anyway. You, you, no, it, it wasn't that. You were just like a really bad oh, junkie, I guess. Uh, well, I wasn't. But um, we can get into that some other day. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, yeah, yeah, so that's that's probably enough for We Watch Stuff. Uh, Michelle watched a bunch of if other we stuff. We Watch Stuff. And we talk therapy. Yeah. If you have some <laughs> issues like we do, please get help. Um, it's <laughs> expensive, but it's worth it. Um, therapy is great, and it can make your life better. Or it can make your life worse. Uh, I'm not going to name names because he's still around and he's still a professional in the area. But the therapist I had when I was 14 
ruined my life. So thank you for that, Dr. Censored. Um, we'll get into that <laughs> on another episode. Two, you're trash, you're garbage, and you need your license revoked. Anyway, back to you, JD. Oh, Michelle, you're fantastic. The only trouble I had with <laughs> a therapist ever, and don't get me wrong, it was traumatizing and difficult and made things really, really complicated, but uh, I finally sat down with a therapist Finally started making really good progress with him, and then he fucking died. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. Everybody leaves me. But that is really funny. No! (laughs) It's very funny. funny. It wasn't funny at the time, but it is funny now. You know what? Death is sometimes funny. You're not wrong. Like when Dr. Giggles does it. Wait, was your therapist Dr. Giggles? Because ah! they're both doctors. Yeah, but Dr. Giggles is, I don't know, is Dr. Giggles dead? I don't remember. I don't either. And I just watched it. It doesn't matter. I don't remember. Say yeah, goodnight, no, Michelle. <laughs> Good night, Michelle. Also, go to therapy. It'll help. <laughs> we Watch Shudder is a production of Rat Factory Media, your home for all of today's Rat Factoryist podcasts. The views and opinions of the hosts and guests of We Watch Shudder are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Rat Factory Media. But wait, aren't Rat Factory Media and We Watch Shudder the same people? Shut your cake hole, Charlie. Nobody asked you. We Watch Shudder is available free on all major podcast platforms, and the easiest way to support We Watch Shudder is also free. Just leave a rating and review on your platform of choice. Merge your consciousness with ours on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. We're at We Watch Shudder on all those social media platforms or find us the old-fashioned way on the web at wewatchshutter.com or by email at mail at wewatchshutter.com heck you can even leave us a voicemail at 701-566-9510 no seriously 701-566-9510 try it if you dare